This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast with Cornell Schreiber, session number six. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell here, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast. Now, I'm really excited today because we actually have a very special guest who is an expert on earning money on the side with freelancing. Now, why should you even consider freelancing as a way to earn money on the side? Well, to start, it's something that you can basically start doing immediately to boost your income. You don't actually have to spend money and lots of time building your own product. I mean, that can take months, uh, half a year, sometimes people even spend years building their own product, building a prototype, spending all the money in a process. It's something that can be pretty lengthy. And even after you do all that, there really is never a guarantee that it's going to succeed. And so with freelancing, it's completely different. It's something where you can just discover what sort of skills you currently have that are marketable and actually using them to earn an income very, very quickly. And then, of course, once you have that income, well, you can use that to get out of debt quicker, pay off your mortgage, invest, or even take that dream vacation that you always wanted to do as it's just extra income that you now have to spend however you please. Now, the other big advantage of freelancing is that it's something you can do on the side while having a full-time job. And now if you eventually do want to freelance full-time, that's something that you can work towards. So you can start off slow, you can start off just kind of doing it as a hobby on your own time. And then eventually as you get some traction, as you learn how it's done, you learn how to market yourself effectively, eventually it can lead into you working for yourself and basically being your own boss. And the third big reason why I think you should be interested in freelancing is that basically the income potential is nearly limitless. So you don't have to hope that you'll get a raise this year from your current job or hope to land that job where there's a slightly higher salary. Basically, as a freelancer, you get to set your own rates and you can really charge whatever it is you want, whatever the market can bear. And really, you also have the option to only take on clients that you actually want to work with. So no more getting a project that you have to do because your boss told you to. As a freelancer, if you do it right, you can actually pick and choose which clients, which projects you want to work with. So my guest today is freelancing expert, Matt Inglot. Now, Matt actually started off as a freelancer back in university, and he was basically building websites for companies to earn money on the side. And basically since then, he's turned his freelancing into a high-end web design company called Tilted Pixel. And that's basically given him the freedom to travel whenever he wants, where he wants. He also earns a sizable income with the company. And basically, he gets to enjoy the freedom of being his own boss, setting his own rates, only taking on projects he actually wants to, and really spending his time doing whatever he wants to do as opposed to what he's told to do by his boss. So basically, after achieving the success, what Matt did is he actually launched a new website called Freelance Transformation. And here, he actually shares his experience and teaches new and existing freelancers how to grow their income, how to make it so that they only have to work with clients and on projects that they actually want to work on, and basically how to achieve what I call cubicle freedom uh, of basically being your own boss. So without further ado, here is the interview I had with Matt Inglot. All right, I'm here with Matt Inglot. Matt, how's it going? Hey, Cornell. Uh, glad to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming. I just wanted to uh, really start by really hearing your story, really how you started off. And I mean, it seems like you've, you've got a pretty good uh, gig going on. I mean, you started freelancing 
just basically on the side while being in university and then now you're at that point where you're basically have your own high-end web design company and you get to uh, basically travel as much as you want whenever you want and you get to be your own boss and you know financially you're doing really well too so it'll be interesting to le- to hear kind of the journey that you went through and I think a lot of us could learn from it and see if it's if freelancing is something that maybe we should consider yeah definitely I mean it the business uh, has definitely come a long way. It's actually been nine years in September that I've been at this. So I do have uh, kind of a high-end website development company now. But when I started, it was just me. And it was me in my second year of university living in student housing in this like moldy basement room. Um, you know, eating like craft dinner and doing this typical student stuff. And here I was also building websites for people on the side. And I actually got started uh, primarily because uh, I needed to pay for rent, for tuition and so on. And I had lost a really amazing part-time job working at a virtual reality startup because the startup hadn't been doing so well, I guess, and they had to lay a lot of people off. Um, So suddenly I was on my own and kind of had to provide for myself. Uh, And I did have uh, some website development abilities and I had built some websites in the past. Uh, So I did start building websites for people and I was basically meeting clients at Starbucks uh, and just coding the sites uh, in my little basement room. And basically to get clients when I started, and this is still actually very effective, uh, I just started networking. Uh, I would go to any event that would have the type of people that are likely to either buy websites or know someone that needs a website. I basically want my goal is to make sure that anyone that I talk to ultimately ended up knowing that I build websites. And sure enough, once in a while, I'd actually get a bite. And as a result, suddenly I had a client. Uh, when I started off, I was doing most things myself. Uh, including some of the graphic design, uh, which is wild because I'm not really a graphic designer. But at that point, well, my first website was $300, put it that way. Uh, Whereas right now with Tilted Pixel, uh, our minimum website price is $10,000 and they go up from there. So obviously the the level of quality and the time involvement uh, has changed as... Uh, the quality uh, has increased and the company has progressed. Um, so going from just working in a basement room to what I have now, uh, basically I kept getting clients. I had a couple of big breakthroughs where I managed to get bigger contracts. Again, that that was just persistence um, and allowing myself to get into talking to enough people, getting into enough conversations that eventually opportunity kind of found its way to me. And as a result of these kind of breakthrough contracts, I was able to start earning uh, some better money, money that I could actually live off of as a student. And eventually I kind of realized, well, hey, this could actually be a viable business. So while I was still in university, I actually did end up uh, renting an office space uh, which we we don't have an office anymore. And I've got quite a bit of things to say about having an office, whether you should have it or not. Uh, But I did get an office space because in my mind, uh, having an office kind of equated to success and having a real business. 
Um, and along with that office, I got my first uh, full-time employee, uh, which was kind of a weird situation because at, I was basically <laughs> going to class every day and partying and being kind of the typical student. And at the same time, I was professionally running my company. I was showing up to the office every day. Um, you know, I had someone to manage, soon a couple people to manage. Uh, I had more and more clients. I had client meetings. I was living li living this kind of uh, dual life, uh, which got pretty crazy. Um, and I ended up actually ultimately switching my university to part-time just to kind of get through it. Uh, but mm -hmm. from that office, I was able to uh, keep building things up, uh, keep taking on higher and higher level clients. Um, and I and I kind of went through this kind of, I guess, dip where I guess uh, sales were going up, but profitability wasn't really. And at the same time, I was starting to work some really crazy hours. Like a 12-hour <laughs> workday would have been a short day for me. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And it, it got... <laughs> <laughs> the the way I like to put it, especially for the Canadians listening to this, is it'd be winter and I'd be waking up at 5 a.m. By 5.30, I was on the road and I, I, every day around 5.30, I would roll through to Tim Hortons and I'd order my extra large coffee <laughs> with milk and my everything bagel with herb and garlic cream cheese. That that was the breakfast of champions for me. <laughs> yeah. So don't try this at home. <laughs> and and I would be pulling up to the office. And, and the thing about winter, of course, is it's still dark outside. The roads aren't really, like, uh, shoveled at that point. I'd be first one in. And it really started to get to me. Uh, because I was working hard. I wasn't making the kind of money I feel I should have been making for the hours I was working, and I, I just kind of felt stuck. Uh, so I started really trying to dissect down, well, what the heck am I, you know, what am I missing here? How are other people doing this successfully, and why, you know, why am I not kind of reaching the standards I expect, even though we're doing good work, um, and we do have clients. So I, I kind of learned a lot of lessons the hard way and completely ended up restructuring my business. So like I said, we no longer have an office space at all. Um, and that was kind of one of the big key things I changed. And that was several years ago. And it was a really scary time. Uh, but it, it got rid of the overhead of having an office, but it also got rid of the stress of having to commute to work um, and just having to I guess being pressured to try to hire everyone here in Waterloo and just kind of try to build this very traditional brick and mortar company when we're here we are in the age of the internet and remote mm -hmm. work and some of the amazing things technology does for us. And mm -hmm. so I did that. I, I made a number of changes, which of course we can talk about. And where we are today is we are a fully virtual business. Uh, I have a small team that works for me. Um, and it's kind of a hybrid because on the one hand, I, I, I do have a team of people. It's no longer me building the websites. On the other hand, uh, I do work from home. And if I want, I can even work in my pajamas. So um, in, in some ways, I, I kind of almost kind of turned around and said, well, you know, some of the older things were working better. Mm -hmm. And now, now the business is doing well, of course. Um, and here we are.
Mm-hmm. So that that that's my yeah, that's my yeah. sort of short that's version. Really, yeah, that's really interesting and well, I would say inspiring too because I I mean especially when you first started, I mean you were in university and and you basically started doing all this and and I think a common conception is that well. I go to university so I can learn things so that I can then have the skills to be able to do some, you know, some kind of work that I can then sell, right? But in your case, you kind of said, well, no, I'm still in university. Uh, I, I guess, did you just learn how to do all that yourself and, and then just started selling your services? How, how did you go about doing that? Yeah, well, when it comes to running your own business or just offering your services for hire as a freelancer, u- university is kind of interesting. Um, Nothing that I learned in university was directly applicable to building websites um, or even, I guess, running a website development company. Um, I I learned everything on my own, and that is the beauty of the Internet and the world that we live in today, is if you want to pick up a skill, you shouldn't be waiting for someone else to teach you that skill, or you shouldn't be waiting to, you know, get your degree or so on. Obviously, you know, there's certain things like becoming a doctor or a lawyer where that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you go to school. Yeah. Um, but for especially anything technology related, you can learn this stuff yourself online now. And university actually isn't going to teach it to you. Um, mm. So on the one hand, university wasn't really necessary to run my website development company. And it really involves this whole other set of knowledge that university wasn't going to teach me. And that's okay. It's not really what university does. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, there were some positive things from having go to use university in the first place. And a big one was actually the connections and networking that I got out of that. That was very valuable. The university I went to, Wilfrid Laurie University, they were actually incredibly supportive of my efforts uh, to run my own business. Uh, they have a whole entrepreneurship center, which uh, helped me out a lot. Um, also, their faculty in general kind of helped me, helped me make my schedule work in this kind of unusual arrangement. Um, and, but I got to meet a lot of interesting people and have a lot of opportunities that might be, they're not impossible outside of university by any stretch, but I think that was the key value from university. Um, and the other thing university did is it, it gave kind of a foundational knowledge of, different I, I took business so a lot of different business subjects but when you get into like you know how to build a website or how to maintain your books in quickbooks or anything like that university wasn't really that's not what university was teaching mm-hmm. um so i really i don't feel that waiting to graduate would have given me additional knowledge to actually run the business it's something more that i had to learn from other resources and also from Mm -hmm. actually having the experience of running the business Mm -hmm. yeah no that's great to hear i mean i I can see that sort of the it can really be something that holds people back where they think okay well i don't really have any skills that i could freelance and well maybe i should take this whole you know four-year program to learn this or you know take all these you know, spend years and years in, in a school somewhere learning this before I, I finally am able to try to have something on the side and work for myself and, and try to do some freelancing. Uh, whereas uh, it's good to hear from your end that, well, actually, you, you don't need to wait for that. Um, it, it's almost like uh, almost like procrastination a bit, right? Instead, it's, look, if you if you are passionate about something, if you enjoy it, and you think you might have some, some talent there or, or you want to try to discover your talent, just go and just learn it and learn it yourself. You know, use the internet. There's all these 
resources available now and, and just try to build something. No, don't need to wait and, and, and study for years and years. Like you said, if you're a lawyer, you want to be a lawyer or a surgeon, obviously that's a different, <laughs> yeah. that's a different thing. But, but in terms of, yeah, I, I like the entrepreneurial uh, route, uh, for sure, I, I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally, I think that's, that's a really, really good thing to, to keep in mind, for sure, that you just have to take action and, and sort of be, do some self-directed learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's really the key today, uh, especially about picking up like very uh, specific skills, whether, whether that is website development or whether that's something completely different, like speaking or uh, editing or writing, mm-hmm. graphic design, um, whatever it may be. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, there's many, many ways to learn it, and a big key is to actually go and do it and build up the experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, another thing that you mentioned that was pretty interesting, I thought, was well, you said in the beginning you were even you were even doing the graphic design yourself, and then you kind of realized, well, this isn't something I, I should be doing. I mean, as somebody that's just starting out and wants to maybe give this this freelancing thing a shot, how? how should you decide what you should actually be doing yourself versus what you should be outsourcing? Uh, because obviously, you know, you don't want to be doing every single little thing when, you know, when someone else can do it, uh, you know, eight times as fast for a fraction of the cost. How do you, how do you decide what, what's going to be your specialty basically versus what you're going to outsource? Sure. Absolutely. Well, definitely start with what you're actually good at. Uh, if there's something you should be doing, it should be the skill sets that you have and focus on those. Uh, obviously, things like in my case, I wasn't good at graphic design, so I found other people to do the graphic design. And later, I also found people to do things that I was good at, uh, but I got some extra leverage and earning power and could do more work if I also hired other people to do some of that work as well. But mm-hmm. with all that said, I really want to caution that finding other people to do the work for you and trying to kind of build this machine and figure out kind of you get into things like outsourcing or hiring others or whatever it may be. Uh, that's t- jumping the gun. If you don't have a business yet, um, mm-hmm. start by finding some clients and doing things that you're able to do and then start worrying about, well, what parts of the operation should I not be doing or where do I need help? Um, because otherwise, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. You, you haven't actually gotten any clients yet. Um, and already you're trying to create this big structure where pretty much as soon as, uh, a plan goes into action, you kind of have to rework it. So, um, whatever business you devise in your head, it's immediately going to become different as soon as you start doing it. So you, you kind of need that market feedback to actually attract some clients, see if these clients will see if you can even find clients for what you're offering mm-hmm. um, and see what it is that they truly want from you before you start worrying about how you're actually, you know, going to optimize this business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you're not basically just kind of playing business. Essentially, you're actually out there doing, getting the clients and, and basically uh, making sure that what you're trying to sell is actually something that somebody wants to buy as opposed to just making all these plans and then they all get changed anyway the moment uh, you actually go and you try to sell your service. Yeah, exactly. Playing business, as you said, it's always a danger. And, and I, what I think you mean by that really is it's 
it's doing things that kind of seem important, make you feel like, you know, you're running a business, but mm-hmm. aren't actually the next one or two big actions you need to be taking mm-hmm. in order to actually move your business forward. Um, so if you don't have mm-hmm. clients, then really you should be trying to get clients and you should right, be figuring right. out how that works. And again, not worrying about who you're going to hire, how that operation is going to look a year from now. Uh, I, I did a lot of that as well, where there there were times where I got myself into that trap where I was also doing things that um, seemed important in theory for my business or kind of planning really far ahead but it was also kind of almost like another form of procrastination as well Mm -hmm. because really what I should have been doing is maybe finding more clients or figuring out how to kind of rework my business model rework the pricing structure you know instead of worrying about Mm -hmm. optimization Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm It's like uh, you're playing CEO, but then you're not really making any sales. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It sounds cool, but at the end of the day, you're you still have no money, and <laughs> and it's just taking up a lot of your time. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, um, just kind of moving on. I mean, for somebody that is considering freelancing, or, or maybe have hasn't has thought of it a little bit, but isn't sure if if that's something they should even try. Uh, what would you say to that that kind of person? Why, why should someone even consider freelancing in the first place? Why they should consider freelancing? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a couple of good reasons for it. One, the, the obvious one is because you want to earn some money on the side. Uh, because, you know, you, you have a skill that you know, you're good at and maybe there there's, you know, some extra cash you want to save up. Uh, the other thing is maybe you, you're, you're just kind of tired of your job and maybe you want to go out on your own. You want to do your own thing, uh, perhaps because, you know, you can earn more money doing it up by yourself uh, or you want the certain lifestyle that's possible to achieve via freelancing that maybe is not as easy to achieve if you have a nine to five job commitment. So to give you a couple examples for me, um, I don't I don't really plan on really ever going back into a corporate world um, and getting kind of a cubicle job. Uh, I, I think I've become a little bit spoiled and used to my freedom. So one of one of the kind of manifestations of that freedom, first of all, is I can choose to take vacation when I want it and I can choose to take it uh, for as long as I want, as long as I can manage the business around that. Uh, So two years ago, roughly, I went on an amazing kind of life changing uh, trip for two months to Poland, Mm -hmm. where I'm originally from. And that's actually where I proposed to my fiance, girlfriend at the time. She had come with me Mm -hmm. um, and it was simply amazing. Uh, And because of the way I had set up my business at that point, I was actually able to check email once a week. And that was the sum of my workload. (laughs) That's amazing. For for two months. (laughs) For for two months. Exactly. Yeah. Good good, good luck doing that at a typical corporate job, right? Exactly. Can can you imagine going to your boss and saying, you know, I'm going to peace out for two months. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Keep my chair warm for me. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna. Happen. I know. I know. My vacation is three weeks or four weeks, but how how about if we do eight? <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's gonna go over very well, and uh, might postpone a promotion as well just by <laughs> just by you asking that question. Yeah, and that that's really the other thing too is you, even if you don't get fired, maybe that that might kind of change your career path and prospects <laughs> in the company, and then. Uh-huh. 
And to give you another example, last year uh, we went on a six-week trip to uh, Croatia. Uh, well, four weeks to Croatia, two weeks to Poland. Uh, Croatia has a lot of amazing rock climbing. Now, I wasn't able to do the whole check email once a week there. Um, that would have taken some extra planning, and this was actually a very spontaneous trip. What I wanted to experiment with there instead was I wanted to just enjoy the freedom of living somewhere else for a change, just kind of get a change of scenery. And because of a time zone difference, uh, what happened is my fiance and I, we were able to get up every morning and we'd spend the first half of a day rock climbing. Uh, there's gorgeous seaside cliffs to climb in Croatia. It, it is just phenomenal. And we, we would do that. And then we'd get back to the apartment about three or 4 p.m., you know, shower, eat quickly. And then we'd start working right around the time that it's like 10 or 11 Eastern time. So mm-hmm. clients didn't, most clients didn't even know <laughs> that we weren't, you know, in Ontario at that point because it, it just never came up. Uh, some of mm-hmm. them I just mentioned for fun because uh, I have that kind of relationship with them. But but really, it was business as usual. And yet, at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, I was across the ocean, completely different country, um, and <laughs> managed to make it work. And for, for that time, of course, uh, I cut down my work schedule. So I wasn't working eight hours. I was working five or six hours a day uh, and just kind of choosing to enjoy that summer that way. So um, all of this is to say that a huge benefit of freelancing is just the change in lifestyle that it can bestow upon you. So if you're maybe feeling burnt out, having to work in, you know, kind of typical cubicle nation, and you're thinking, well, gee, I want to do my own thing, and I might be happier doing it my way, maybe working from home, maybe, you know, um, I don't have kids, but, you know, many people start families and that's also where freelancing can be extremely advantageous because you can actually, you can stay home and watch your kid grow up instead of having mm-hmm. to, you know, go to the office every day. Um, exactly. So I saw, like, you know, the the kind of very simple need might be you want to earn money on the side, uh, but the more deeper need might be, well, maybe you actually want to quit your job and switch to freelancing and then mm-hmm. actually build out a very different lifestyle around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what sounds really appealing is that you if you aren't sure, I mean, you don't have to go full on uh, freelancing. You don't have to quit your job and then go full blown freelancing the next day. I mean, it's something you can do on the side in your spare time as a hobby on the weekends if you want. And I mean, if you're freelancing, doing a certain service, it should be obviously something that you like doing, right? So it shouldn't be like a like a dreadful thing that you you know don't want to work on on the weekend. And then I guess you could see that. And well, is this something that I would like to do and try to push further? so that I can do this full-time down the road. Absolutely. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it. You don't... For for most of the kind of things we think about when we think freelancing, you don't really need any overhead. You don't need some sort of complex business. You don't need employees. You can just go and you can start doing it. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty mm-hmm. of it. And you can see firsthand if this is something that maybe you'd like, you'd like doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the beginning, I guess, if you're not really sure what kind of freelancing you'd like to do, you can just try something out and, and see. And it's, it's, it's pretty risk-free. It's not like you have to you know, build some prototype product and, and spend you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars trying, you know, like you hear on uh, like Shark Tank or, or Dragon's Den, right? And then 
you know, a year later after building the product, it turns out that no one wants to buy it. I mean, in this case, you're just, you can basically the next day, you can decide to be a freelancer and the next day start selling your services. Yeah, exactly. You're not touching mm-hmm. your nest egg to invest in this at all. I was, I was watching The Simpsons the other day. And there's an episode where Ned Flanders opens uh, the, I think it's called the Leftorium. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is a left-handed uh, yeah. store. Like everything they sell is left for left-handed people. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he quits his job at the pharmaceutical industry. And they're basically parodying the kind of typical start out on your own person where you know you you kind of bet you literally bet the house on this new business that maybe you don't have any any business experience Experience. even running clearly in simpsons ned had no idea how to promote his store and and you know i'm sorry if i'm spoiling the episode a little (laughs) bit for you but i mean if you haven't seen it at this point well you know well go watch it actually it's a a great it's a classic episode it is it is but but the the key the key thing about that episode is at one point ned literally ends up living in his car uh, Mm -hmm. as a result of the business not doing as well as he'd expected Um, right in, in the case of just freelancing there's really there, there's no financial outlay whatsoever mm-hmm. that or no risk. Uh, you don't have to put anything on the line. You can just go and you can start offering your services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if someone wants to start off, should they even be building a website at that point, or would you even say don't even bother kind of doing that? Just go and try to just speak to people like what you were doing, where you're going out there, you're networking. And, and basically, eventually, you get a client, and then you see how that works out. So this might be really weird to hear from a web developer, but when you're starting <laughs> out, yeah, you absolutely don't need a website. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't need anything other than your own smiling self, uh, to mm-hmm. be honest, because you, you can you can find clients in one of two ways. Uh, you can find clients in person and do the whole local freelancing thing that's you know, existed since before the age of the internet, uh, where you just go to wherever your client target market is and you talk to them and say, hey, this is what I do. Uh, can I help you? This might mean uh, actually cold calling some businesses or visiting them. It might mean going to networking events. I mean, it might mean posting a flyer at your local church, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. wherever it is that your target market is. Uh, and then the other way to acquire clients, of course, is online. So there's Craigslist, there's Kijiji. Those are really great for odd jobs. And if you're first starting out and you just kind of want to bite, uh, just just try something, then those are great. And then there's other other sites like Elance and Odesk. And th- those are sites that maybe there shouldn't be your long-term marketing plan because the people on those sites are really looking for a deal and aren't mm-hmm. going to pay you the type of premium uh, pricing that hopefully one day you'll be charging and what my other business, Freelance Transformation, is all about. Uh, but it's a good way to dip your toe in the water and take on some clients relatively easily and mm-hmm. do it without leaving your house. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip because I can see that being something that holds some people back or they say, well, I would like to have some business on the side or like to do some freelancing. Well, I guess I have to build a website. Well, I don't know how to build a website. And then they spend four or six months trying to figure out how to build a website and, and they still you know, haven't made a sale. They still don't have any clients, nothing like that. Whereas 
they could have just taken your approach and just go out there and, and just try and talk to people and, and try these different, different methods. And, uh, you, you know, you can post that you're available to work uh, even for free, right? Like you said on Kijiji, for example, right? And Craigslist and, thing, uh, and, uh, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And what you mentioned with the building of a website, that is playing business. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't. You know, I can't start my business yet because the website template's not done or I got to learn how to use WordPress or even, you know, I got to get my business cards designed and I got to get my mm-hmm. business cards printed in order to do yeah. that. Wow. Now I need a logo design. So now I got to go get a logo. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's all procrastination. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need any of those things. Just mm-hmm. go out there, do it, do it under your own name and mm-hmm. get actual paying work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to you know six months later, okay, you finally have a website, you have business cards, you still have no clients, and by this time, you've probably lost some steam because technically you've been working hard on this thing for six months, and you still don't have a single dollar basically being generated. Yeah, exactly. I, mm-hmm. I managed to get website work even before my company was officially founded or existed, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just kind of built off that. And then mm-hmm. I got the logo, and the logo, by the way, which we still actually use today, uh, mm-hmm. a friend of mine designed it for me, and I paid him back in beer. It wasn't some crazy, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't go to a marketing agency, we didn't spend you know, six months trying to envision my brand, I, right, I just right. got something done, <laughs> because I knew later mm-hmm. I could change it, and it turned out to be an awesome logo, so I don't want to mm-hmm. change it, but I, I mean, almost anything would have been good enough at that point anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So what about those listeners that think, okay, well, I don't know if I have any sort of skills that I could use, that that I could sell basically to be a freelancer. Uh, I could see that being a common sort of uh, roadblock for people is is I don't don't really know anything. I can't think of anything that I can do to generate money on the side. What what would you say to those uh, listeners? Sure. Well, first of all, I think for a lot of people, you got to look harder uh, because you can do almost anything as a freelancer, anything that someone would pay money for people to mm-hmm. do. So yeah, there's there's kind of the obvious things you think of when you think freelancing. You think of creative services, for example, like graphic design, programming, copywriting, search engine optimization, things like that. Um, th- those are kind of obvious, uh, but it can actually be a whole lot of other things. For example, there's a big market for virtual assistants. So that's basically doing administrative work remotely. That might be bookkeeping, that might be scheduling, that might be managing someone's emails, uh, that might even be some form of project management. And these are all the types of skills that you may have picked up in your current job or mm-hmm. previously in your career. Uh, Mm -hmm. That you can then kind of turn around and say, okay, I'm a virtual assistant or, you know, I'm virtual assistant offering these specific services and you can kind of niche it down a lot further instead of being a jack of all trades. But then it gets even more interesting. Um, There are good websites you can go online uh, to kind of get an idea of what people are offering. And and the one that's kind of really interesting is Fiverr, uh, Mm -hmm. Fiverr Mm Fiverr.com. Uh, because pe- people are offering jobs for five bucks. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying you should post your job on Fiverr, uh, because that's a very different business model. And the people mm-hmm. I think who make any sort of money on it do it because they've actually kind of asset, really assembly line their work, um, and that that that's really actually advanced. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's a really cool site for getting ideas. And when you go on there, you find, for example, some people 
are just offering to record their voice for something, sort of like a intro for a podcast or for your mm-hmm. voicemail or your yeah. company's ad, whatever it may be. So if you just kind of have kind of a nice radio voice, it, your your voice might be your talent. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's people on there that offer like uh, editing services for people's eBooks. There's people that offer puppet videos and just all sorts of bizarre things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if you, you go even further uh, into the freelance model, there's people that offer business consulting, marketing consulting, but then there's people that offer image consulting. So there's people that will actually help executives dress properly or help people mm-hmm. on TV dress properly. Uh, and there's even dating coaches. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's a huge market as well. So there's people that teach other people um, just basically how to interact with the opposite sex a little bit better and kind of reach their dating goals. Mm -hmm. So there's just such a huge variety of skills out there. I think chances are you do, you do have something unique that you might Mm -hmm. already be able to offer. But the other thing with the internet, which we talked about before is it's never been easier to learn, uh, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be that interests you. For example, if you want to learn programming, it's never been easier to learn programming uh, whether you want to learn HTML or whether you want to learn some more sophisticated languages, all of that information is online. It's free. Uh, if you want to learn video editing, if you want to learn graphic design, uh, anything technical is very easy to learn, but also non-technical things. Like if you... I, I'm really into... Uh, Halloween makeup, like really going all out for Halloween, and I have various different zombie things I do. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of fun, and for me, it's just a hobby. But there's people on YouTube that teach people how to like do like professional movie makeup and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, maybe there's an idea there. Uh, there there's yeah. cake decorating, <laughs> like the list goes mm-hmm. on and on. So either mm-hmm. you, chances are you already have a skill that's marketable and if you don't mm-hmm. uh give yourself 6 months and suddenly you do have a skill that's marketable mm-hmm. yeah that that's some great advice like with the uh, the makeup i mean uh, now we're getting into uh, just freelancing but then also sort of the more passive income but like with your with the halloween the makeup example i mean you could put those videos on youtube you could monetize those by putting ads on there which is fairly uh, Google, youtube makes it very easy you can make your own sort of video products more more premium products teaching people how to do those th- types of things and then maybe you want to offer some some coaching as well so in your local uh, city for example maybe you want to be work as a freelancer you know with the makeup there for for instance so yeah there's there's so many different uh, ways right it's you, you just have to I guess the key is just finding what you actually really enjoy doing and what you are okay getting very, very good at and, and then just really you know, going full out and, and, and trying those different things. Yeah, exactly. And making sure it's something that there's a market for it and that you can mm-hmm. actually reach your market. Uh, just mm-hmm. because it's something that you enjoy doing doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to find the customers for it. Or maybe there are customers for it. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe you're not the right person to reach that market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have tons of hobbies where I, I suppose I, I could take the next steps and you know freelance if I ever wanted to get away from the computer and so on. Um, but some of them would be more marketable than others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's a key of, I guess, what are all the things that you're passionate about that you could see yourself getting really good at or already good at? And then once you have that list, well, which ones of which ones are actually the ones that are most marketable uh, so that you're not just spinning your wheels and, and, and barely making anything or aren't able to get clients, basically. Absolutely. And this is where the beauty mm-hmm. of all of this being low commitment is so important because you can test. Uh, mm-hmm. You can test before you make any sort of expenses or crazy commitments. You can just try it and see if it's something that you are able to get clients for and that you actually enjoy doing. And if you don't, then several months later, fine, try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, You're Mm -hmm. not, this isn't a lifelong commitment. And if you turn out that this is just not the right move for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you can start tomorrow just trying it out, seeing if it's for you. You don't have to like you said before, you don't have to wait. You don't have to build a website. You don't have to go to school for five years. I mean, you can just, you, you can really get going pretty quickly and then basically go through that self-discovery. Exactly. All right. So that is all for part one of this session. You can get the list of all the resources that Matt suggests if you're considering freelancing by going to the show notes at buildwealthcanada.ca slash six. So just the number six. Now join us for part two of the session as Matt discusses the different ways that you can differentiate yourself from your competition if you are just getting started in freelancing, as well as the different keys to success if you're just starting out and how to compete with low cost providers. For example, someone in the Philippines or China that's basically willing to work for a fraction of what you're willing to work for. How can you compete with someone like that if you're freelancing in the same field? Also, Matt talks about why you should consider freelancing instead of just creating a product and trying to generate a passive income that way. And if you enjoy this episode, I'd greatly appreciate you giving the podcast a favorable review on iTunes if you use iTunes. Also, come check out buildwealthcanada.ca where you can sign up for free to get the newest expert interviews like the one we have here today with Matt. Also, as a bonus for signing up, I'll send you my top five personal finance and productivity tools guide, which are basically all free tools that you can start using right away to save time managing your money, increase your productivity, and make the right financial choices when it comes to investments, paying off debt, and retirement. These are all tools that I basically use, and I think they'd be very helpful to you, and they're all free, so there's really no harm in giving them a shot. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.